0: The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language.
1: Viewer discretion is advised.
0: Without freedom of the press, no democratic form of government could exist.
1: Good night and good luck. Good evening from our CBS newsroom Newsroom in New York. NBC presents
0: Chet Huntley and David Brinkley. From ABC, this is World News Tonight with Peter Jennings in London, Max Robinson in Chicago. When the press is free, the people of a country are free. When the press is not free, the people of a country are in danger of slavery.
1: Keeping you informed with information, news, and the views of people
0: making the news. It's the Nicole Sandler Show on nicole dot
1: com and the Progressive Voices Network. That's the best time of the week? Yes, it's Friday afternoon. It's actually Friday morning for me when we're recording this, but it is Friday afternoon for Marcy Wheeler, right or evening. Uh, It is Friday. It's totally dark out here. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Marcy, in case you don't know, is in Ireland. uh, But it hasn't stopped her amazing coverage of things going on here at EmptyWheel.net. And this was a busy week. In fact, you know, we record this Friday morning, uh, Arizona time, and um, you just put up another post at emptywheel.net, uh, within the last twenty minutes. So you, you've been you've been at it um, uh, today. I guess the house adjourned now until Tuesday. So things are a bit um, uh, uh, quiet now, <laughs> relatively speaking. It's been at least a day since we had a dick pic sniffing hearing. Yeah and we we had lots of those and I've I've even got I have audio to share. Oh good. Uh, yes, in fact, um audio of of a lot of it and I, I think the outstanding sound of the week came from Nancy Mace. You have no balls. You have that- no balls. Excuse me? That now- was 5 minutes into that hearing or Close to
0: five minutes for that hearing, so it took five minutes before they started talking about whether about Hunter
1: Biden's genitalia. that's right it's they just can't help themselves. They can't and Hunter Biden was even there. All right, we'll get yeah. to it because there was a lot of action this week, a few hearings, a bunch of posturing and outbursts in courtrooms and in congressional hearing rooms from members of Congress and a former occupant of the White House. So with everything that went on this week, Marcy, what what among it do you think was the most consequential?
0: Um, clearly the hearing for Trump's immunity. Mm-hmm.
1: That was Tuesday. Yeah, I
0: mean, that, that that's constitution making. And um, I had said last week, Watch Karen Henderson. Yes, Remember you did. Uh, we
1: talked about Karen Henderson, and she was one of the three judges in the D.C. Court of Appeals hearing on Hunter, uh, on uh, sorry on uh, Donald Trump's claim of, of of immunity, absolute immunity, in his words. And um, it was a three judge panel, three which, woman judge, three females. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's take a step back because that was like you know I knew that going in. But as I kept watching or listening to the hearing over and over again, it just really sunk in that this was a white billionaire, male billionaire, right, um, claiming to be king. Yes. Acting with like it. two men, uh, the government and his attorney fighting over whether or not he is King before these three women, two of them, like, uh, two of them, women of color, both, uh, appointees of Joe Biden and the other Karen Henderson, who really was in that first generation of women who became lawyers, became judges well before it was common. Mm-hmm. Um, they were sitting there, the three of them presiding over whether or not Trump can be king. And and it was just remarkable. I mean, it was just, it was remarkable. The women were, all of them, super smart. Uh, and, you know, I, I got chills as I was watching it over and over again, because, you know, I, I ignore for just a second that, yes, this is going to determine what happens between now and the election. It's going to determine... Um, whether Joe Biden simply just has Trump assassinated and deals with it that way. Secret Service, I am not advocating
1: this. Oh, I am no. not. Donald <laughs> Trump's lawyer is, but I'm not. Yeah, Donald um, Trump's lawyer is. In fact, this was the moment that, and, and we, we listened. They aired audio of the hearing, no video, but we could listen in real time. And my jaw dropped when this happened. Did
0: a president order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival? That's an official act in order to seal Team 6. He would have to be and would speedily be you know, uh, impeached and convicted before the criminal but prosecution. He weren't, but if you weren't, there would be no criminal prosecution, no p- criminal liability for that? Chief Justice's opinion and against Madison and, uh, uh, and the, our Constitution and the plain language of the impeachment judgment clause all clearly presuppose that what the founders were concerned about was not... I asked opinion.
1: you a yes, no,
0: yes or no question. <laughs> yes or no question. Could a president who ordered SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival who was not impeached would he be subject to criminal prosecution? If he were impeached and convicted first. And So, so your answer is, is no. Is, my answer is qualified yes.
1: A Qualified yes. If he were impeached and convicted first in the Senate, then they could criminally prosecute him? Where do they get this crap?
0: And, I mean, I, I want to go... So that was Florence Pan. She right? was um, one of President Biden's first appointees. Um, in fact, uh her, she used to be a prosecutor, then was a superior court judge, and then was filled the slot opened by KBJ. Okay, right, Katanchi
1: Brown Jackson, who was elevated who, to the Supreme who Court, took
0: Merrick Garland's seat <laughs> right. first on the D.C. Circuit, and then mm-hmm. got the Supreme Court seat. Um, so first, Lawrence Pan takes. Uh, takes kbj's seat in the DC district and then she gets the um the the DC circuit seat opened uh, by by um, kbJ's um, um, elevation uh, elevation to the Supreme Court right. and she she does this she does this in hearings um and particularly like she didn't do them as much on district court. I got to listen to her some then because we were still able to listen to January sixth hearings. but um you know, she just asks these yes or no questions, and she you could see her from the very start saying, okay, this is how we this is how we slice and dice this issue to get it um to something manageable so that we can issue an order so that we can move forward." And it had been identified. I, I, I there, were, there was a really good column by George Conway this week. Who he admitted that in, an, uh, in another life he had written kind of the predecessor breach, uh, brief to this whole argument about to for um, for Paula Jones. Right. He, he was the one who got Paula Jones to be able to sue uh, oh, wow. Bill Clinton, um, but. You know, he pointed out there there, like even in Trump's briefs, there was this problem because Trump is at once arguing that presidents have absolute immunity from prosecution, but also at the same time arguing that if they are impeached first, they can be prosecuted. And that's where Florence Pan was going with that question. Um, And sure, I'm sure she understood that people were all going to be listening and now you can play it on your podcast. But of course, it's insane. We of course, completely. like it right. is insane because and she asked this and then um, James Pierce, hopefully you've got some clips from him. But James Pierce, who was the AOSA arguing this, who has been on the January 6th beat from day one. So he mm. before before there was a dedicated Trump investigation, he's he's the one who argued the application of obstruction from day one. He argued a lot of the um, appellate issues, the issues that would become appellate issues for the garden variety um, crime scene uh, cases. He did a superb job and he came back to that. He's like, look, you know, the the notion is that uh, a president can order the assassination of his rival and then quit the next day. Right. Um, And this is the logic. Like, literally, Joe Biden could order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate Donald Trump and then quit, and Kamala Harris runs as an incumbent. Uh, We get over the problem of the age, and, you know, problem solved. Thank you, John Sauer. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, and of course, that's absurd, but it is completely consistent with Trump's argument.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I have the whole hearing on tape, and I've got tons of stuff from the fireworks on Wednesday. I don't have, I I don't, I don't have a lot of clips pulled. I'm looking to see if there's anything quick I can find um, of James Pierce. But that that whole, <clears throat> excuse me, that that whole hearing. Uh, was the point of it just to get more delays? I mean, do you think Sauer, the the guy that sounds like Alex Jones, uh, Trump's attorney, really uh, this is a legitimate legal argument? I mean, to me, it just sounds like they're they're trying to run out the clock. Um-
0: it, this is the kind of uh, argument that you would expect from sour I don't want to dismiss his appellate uh, chops he is the he was the Solicitor General for Missouri that Josh Hawley appointed he hangs with that insurrectionist crowd. there was never going to be a way to prosecute a former president without litigating this you know like uh, in fact it's almost a shame for the Constitution that Trump's Job of it is so shoddy. Like, and I, I, I obviously would like to see Trump prosecuted. It just this is this is a frivolous argument, but it's a necessarily frivolous argument because. And this is something else that came up, and it's something that that uh, Karen Henderson, who, as I said, she's the judge that really matters here because she's the judge who could throw some kind of impediment to resolving this quickly, and it doesn't sound like she's going to. But one of the things she raised. Um, and then I, I think it was Pan who raised it again, but like she raised it, which is that um, Trump's attorneys during the impeachment said that uh, he he could be prosecuted, mm-hmm. right? So remember that Trump made it through that through the January sixth impeachment by telling people don't worry about impeaching me, I can be prosecuted later. And there are all these, all of these Republican senators, including Mitch McConnell, who went on the record saying, the reason I voted not to impeach is because I, I do think that there's a jurisdictional issue here with impeaching President after he has left office, but I do think that he can be held accountable in, in the courts. And so, you know, um, it's another legal problem here, which is that, Uh, lawyers representing Donald Trump said that he was not immune and now lawyers representing Donald Trump are saying that he is immune. You know, the Supreme Court could reject this claim just on that basis alone, but but, but we were going to have this. It is true that Trump, the one thing Trump's lawyers are doing brilliantly is finding ways to stall, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's all they need to do. Like they believe that if they can stall through the election, then Trump can just self pardon.
1: Right. So their next step is to say, okay, this was a wait for the ruling of this uh, three judge panel from the D.C. district court, which um, from the questioning, just from the hearing, it doesn't appear they will find in his favor and the law, of course. So the next thing is going to be to say, okay, we want an en banc hearing, which is of the whole panel, they could refuse that and say, this is our, uh, you know, this is our final answer. And then he can appeal to the Supreme Court who can take the case or not. They could just say the, the lower court ruling stands, right?
0: Right, and um, Just Security had a good timeline of how long this might take, that if people, I mean, this is not something I keep saying, I'm not really good at this appellate stuff, but, but, you know, that's why I was particularly interested in how Karen, what what the read of Karen Henderson was. And we still don't actually know. I mean, the, the answer, like, we know that Trump's going to lose. What we don't know, uh, uh, especially Judge Childs, Michelle Childs, mm-hmm. another Joe Biden appointee, she seemed um, very persuaded by the amicus breach, which said you can't have an interlocutory appeal right now. Um, and then... Judge Pan was like, how do we deal with our uncertainties about whether or not we can legitimately take this appeal? And James Pierce talked her through that. I mean, she was like, again, you can see her mind saying, okay, how am I going to write this opinion? Um, Judge Henderson seemed to have no qualms about their... Um, ability to rule on this, and in fact, she was going back to the Marbury versus Madison argument that uh, that you just that, that came up in the clip that you just talked about, um, and and basically said, you know, the, the progeny that meaning the the course the the, the um, precedents that came after and relied on Marbury versus Madison, including things like Youngstown Steel, where um, the Supreme Court weighed in and overruled uh, Harry Truman. Um, show that there you do have jurisdiction with the president. James Pierce, the AUSA, sort of said, because it's the president, uh, you have to weigh in and you can weigh in quickly. It's not a matter of this interlocutory. It's that there it is the president. Um, and so, so A, the question is, do we have jurisdiction? Karen Henderson says yes. Uh, Michelle Child says, I don't know. Florence Pan says Maybe not, but we'll get there anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the first basis. And then the second thing is, do they rule... Big or do they rule more narrowly? Uh, um, Judge Chicken, Tanya Chicken, her ruling below basically said, no, presidents don't have immunity. Um, and uh, Judge Childs at one point asked James Pierce, you know, she said, do we go big or do we go smaller? Do we go more narrowly? And um, James Pierce said repeatedly, I want you to go big. And you know his argument was I want you to go big partly because that's what history dictates right mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, all of these assumptions um, you know whether whether Nixon w- whether Nixon's pardon was for official acts or not I mean basically one of the other ridiculous things that Trump is arguing is that Nixon's actions which partly were about Dan Ellsberg but mm-hmm. remember the mm-hmm. Dan Ellsberg stuff was. Um, was an attempt to hunt down a leak, right? It, it, in some ways, it's you know, like I think there are big differences between Dan Ellsberg and Julian Assange, but it, you know, in some ways, it's not different from the kinds of things that a series of presidents have done with Julian Assange. Um, and so that that really it was completely wrong. but it was also this official, you know, it was it was an it was an abusive criminal process, but it was it was legitimately an attempt to claim to chase down a national security leak. Um, But the other stuff, the the Watergate stuff, was all election-related. Sure. And so the notion that Nixon's actions are different from Trump's actions, which are also election-related, is absurd. Um, But that's what Trump had to argue. He had to argue that Nixon's actions were personal and Trump's actions are not personal to try and distinguish himself from that Nixon pardon. And And of course, it doesn't work. And so... Pierce is saying, please, please go big. The other thing he said, um, and and this was secondary for him. He's like, look, if you go small, um, if you... If you apply Blassingame, Blassingame is the opinion last month that basically said for civil suits, Trump's actions as an office seeker, Mm -hmm. so again, Trump's actions as part of the election, Mm -hmm. um, are not official duties because the the office of the presidency doesn't have a preference for the incumbent to be reelected. And that's how, for now at least, they're dealing with all these civil suits against Trump for his actions on January 6th. But Pierce was like, look, if you do that on a criminal basis, you don't even allow us to get to mens rea. Like some of these, all of these crimes have some kind of intent basis. The one Mm -hmm. I keep talking about, obstruction, um, uh, obstructing the January 6th certification only matters if you have a a corrupt purpose in doing so. The corrupt purpose is obvious. Like Trump is trying to remain president after 81 million people. Voted against him. Fired him. him. Right. So, um, so. Pierce's argument is: if you make this categorical dis- distinction, office holder or not, or office holder, office sink, seeker, then you then you don't allow us to get to mens rea, which is what criminal criminal law is all based on. And I think that that's a pretty important and compelling argument um, that you can't have prosecutions if you don't if you. Don't get too intent, Mm -hmm. which gets you back to assassinating your rival with field team six. But I but I also think and I and I did a long post on this and I
1: was a little bit obscure and I'm being a little bit obscure. Don't take no for an answer. I mean, don't take yes. They won't take yes for an answer. answer.
0: Look, I think that Jack Smith may want a go big decision for other reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think those other reasons may have to do with other crimes that they have in front of them. That are more clearly official duties, like pardons, right? Right. So we know that, and and I and I I said that there are one of the things they found when they went to Mar-a-Lago because Trump refused to give documents back were documentation relating to six pardons in his desk drawer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blagojevich is one; he he commuted <laughs> Blagojevich's sentence. Yeah. He didn't give him a full pardon, but um, and. You know, what What are those pardons doing there? And and those pardon packages have, like, a discussion about whether to pardon somebody or not. What if Blagojevich or somebody paid off Blagojevich? I mean, you know, Blagojevich has some pretty dodgy friends. What yep. if one of his dodgy friends paid the, the $2 million we've heard about for a pardon to Donald right,
1: Trump? Right.
0: And what if, uh, because Donald Trump refused to give stolen documents back, the FBI came and discovered that in, in Trump's desk drawer? The other pardon in there... Is for Roger Stone, uh-huh. and, and most of the coverage of this has assumed that that's the pardon we know about, right? Um, and I, I would caution against that. I think that that may be too hasty, and the reason why is because that pardon um, was always treated as like attached to or somehow part of a document about uh, a French president believed to be Emmanuel Macron. Right. So mm-hmm. the pardon for Roger Stone has nothing to do with Emmanuel Macron. It has to do with the 2016 election. Right. But we know, um, or I know, but I'm the only one. I'm literally the only one who has reported this. That there was when Mueller shut down in 2019, there was still an ongoing investigation into Roger into whether Roger Stone had conspired with Russian spies uh, in a CFA case.
1: Okay. No one knows this, but I do. And now now all your listeners do. Yes, we do. Uh, Now, do you know about today's breaking news about Roger Stone? Which? Mediaite has released uh, audio. Let me play it. It's it's all of uh, 18 seconds. But it's a phone call of Roger Stone speaking with an associate, I guess a hitman. Sal Greco. Sal Greco, um, conspiring to assassinate... Eric Swalwell or Gerald Nadler before the 2020 election. This was a few weeks before the 2020 election. Here's the audio. Get a piece there. We'll find Swalwell. And get this over time to do it. Then we'll see how brave the rest of them
0: are. follow-up Swalwell or Nadler has to die before the election. They need to get the message. Damn, not up with this
1: It's hard to hear it. Either Swalwell or Nadler have to go before the election. We got, where's the, here, I got the exact quote. Um, Because they were in a restaurant in Fort Lauderdale. So it was hard to... uh, to hear it. Meanwhile, Trump has said, um, I never said anything of this sort. Uh, here it is. It's time to do it. Let's go find Swalwell. It's time to do it. Then we'll see how brave the rest of them are. It's time to do it. It's either Swalwell or Nadler has to die before the election. They need to get the message. Let's go find Swalwell and get this over with. I'm just not putting up with this shit anymore.
0: And I, as I understand it, they, there's also another recording about them. Um, I think also assassinating um, Aaron Zelensky. Aaron Zelensky? Aaron. Uh,
1: uh, the the president? No, the Zielinski. No, no, no,
0: no. No. Um, the pro, the main prosecutor of Stone. Oh, okay. All right. I did. the one who the one who brought him and convicted him at trial. Gotcha. And um, and. Going back to Macron and this pardon. Aaron, Aaron Zelensky,
1: yes. Aaron Zelensky is the name. Right. Named.
0: So, so, uh, so you, so the ongoing investigation to Stone. every, you know, like uh, into whether um, uh conspired with Russian spies in a hack and leak. Well, if this is tied in some way to Emmanuel Macron. We know that very close associates of Roger Stone did conspire with Russian spies Mm -hmm. uh, in 2017 in the Macron hack and leak. Right. We also know that in October, I want to say it's October 20, 2020, um, uh, Scott Brady, who is one of um, Bill Barr's most politicized AUSAs Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. prosecuted GRU. Uh, primarily for the hack in the Korean Olympics. Um, so he brought out a new indictment, speaking indictment of GRU, primarily for the 20-whatever-year uh, 20, 20 Olympics. But in there, uh, kind of as a sidelight, he also charged um, a couple of those same Russian hackers, Russian spy hackers, uh, with the hack of Macall. but said oh, we have no idea how these documents stolen from crawl were disseminated. We do. We do. It was Jack Posobiec. It was you um, know, Roger Stone's buddy, Jack Posobiec. We know exactly how it was disseminated. We know that um, some of the same chat rooms that... Uh, that Don Jr. was in in 2016 with uh, with these Nazis mm-hmm. leading up, you know, pushing the Podesta leaks in 2016. We know that those same far right trolls said, "Hey, let's go uh, interfere in Brexit, or let's go let's go interfere in a European election." So there's this um, consistency here, and. Uh, And, you know, I, I, when this Macron thing came out, I said, you know, it would be unsurprising if uh, Barr went to Trump and said, pardon Roger Stone for Macron so that Brady doesn't include him in the indictment. And if that happened, Mm right? Right. Um, and, and and that's consistent with how I discovered that this there was this ongoing investigation because it was never released in any of the Mueller releases until one that part released it literally the evening before the election. And that's why no one knows about it, because wow. everyone was paying attention to the election and I looked at it and I was like, Holy shit, this is just what we always suspected. Um and so it would all fit into place. Uh, and it fits into place with something else I'm going to write about Scott Brady sometime when I get my uh, intestinal fortitude to do it, because it really, it drives me nuts. But, um, and then this would be precisely the time frame when Roger Stone is talking to Sal Greco about assassinating Trump's uh, uh, enemies, right?
1: Right, right. This whole thing is just so absurd, and it seems like Donald Trump, who obviously never read the Constitution, doesn't doesn't know law, doesn't know the duties of the presidency, doesn't know anything. But it seems like he goes off of one directive from richard nixon this one well, when the president does it that means that it is not illegal so so would this uh, you know if the court ultimately finds no there is no such thing as absolute immunity especially once you leave the presidency when that finally rendered that clip bullshit right yeah
0: and and and, 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 I, you know, the the reason I went on that long detour uh, is not just that I love talking about Roger Stone, but we're talking about Florida again. Yes, we um, are. That I would not be surprised if uh, one of the reasons why Jack Smith wants certainty is because there are other things that he has evidence of that he might charge if he knows he can charge, say,
1: unlawful pardons. mm mm-hmm. Right. And again, we've talked about this before. Marcy Wheeler with us from emptywheel.net that uh, Jack Smith went very narrow in his indictments, in his charges against against Trump and only charged him. Probably because he wants to get this thing going. Unlike in Georgia, where there are, you know, 500 defendants, there are going to be a lot of delays. Jack Smith wanted to make it as simple as possible to get this thing to trial as soon as possible. Do I have that right?
0: That's what That's as far as we understand. Yeah, I mean, and and I said uh, and by the way, there, there uh Mike Roman, who is um, Trump's basically spy on Republicans, his, his enforcer made an allegation against Fonnie Willis this week, which could seriously royal that, uh, he, he alleged that she improperly hired one of her prosecutors and has a romantic relationship with him. And if if right now they have no evidence of that, but they're trying to use, um, the prosecutor's divorce as a means to get that evidence to be able to make a case against Fonnie Willis. So people should, uh, keep their eye on that because it could seriously blow up the Georgia prosecution. And if it does, then, you know, it, this is people, including BMAS, people have been mm-hmm. making, uh, have been warning people about Fannie Willis, about Fulton County, et cetera. And this is the kind of reason why. So that's, that. that's, in the background there. Oh, but boy. one of the other things that I have said about Jack Smith is if there becomes a delay that that makes him believe he can't move forward with the Trump prosecutions, he, he does have options, right? Yes. So he has yet to charge any of Trump's co-conspirators. He could start charging Trump's co-conspirators. Like if he right. believes that uh, he's not going to get Trump prosecuted on these cases before the election. he can just start charging people and then we'll have
1: news about how corrupt Trump is every single week, right. And good. Uh, and I guess that the the the, um, the priority is to get Trump to trial. But all those others, those unindicted co-conspirators um, can be charged and hopefully will be as we go along. So. Uh, yeah, and, and one other
0: thing people should understand is we have always been thinking that there are just six co-conspirators. Right. So Rudy and John Eastman and um, Sidney Powell and Boris Epstein and. Uh, Jeffrey Clark and uh, Ken Chesbro. Um But something that Jack Smith filed in December suggested they actually are thinking much more broadly of that. Uh, probably why we're seeing those six co-conspirators has to do with evidentiary issues. Like uh, you you have to get a certain amount of evidence in, say, with the fake elector plot. The way to do that is to ensure that you've uh, laid out that, that Rudy and Chesbro and uh, Boris Epstein are your co-conspirators, mm. and then you can get their words in as well without having them testify. Whereas, um, for example, Jack Smith has gotten Mark Meadows locked into testimony. Dan Scavino, we heard more about Dan Scavino's testimony this yes. week, and we know what he's locked into. It may not be true. But it is what he's locked into. And this is something, you know, people are always like, where are these leaks coming from? And normally what where leaks come from is uh, they come from people trying to share... Uh, testimony so that they can all be on the same page right and and
1: what's i'm sorry to interrupt but wasn't trump warned as part of this in the uh, documents case you cannot discuss any of this with co-conspirators well he shows up at court the other day with his body man walt noata who's a co-defendant in the documents case he's still working for him as is dan Scavino. Who you know? Who testified allegedly uh, to a lot of stuff, but but he's still working for him, right?
0: Right, right. And and I think that this is something people are only now beginning to figure out, but which was clear from uh, the January six committee hearings that uh, the, the witnesses against I mean, one of the main witnesses against Trump, against the fact that Trump lost the election, is Jason Miller. Right. And he so still if, works there for is, if there is a trial in, say, May, you're going to have the prospect of one of Trump's top campaign managers on the stand saying Trump lost the election. Right. Trump is a liar. Trump led. I mean, he, you will have, you know, one of his top campaign managers taking the stand and saying Trump set off an insurrection,
1: In 2021. Right. Uh, And he will. And there's always the chance because who knows what kind of control Trump has over these people. It's astounding to me. But there's always the chance they could perjure themselves and get on the stand and say something completely different. Uh, They still have his they're they're still loyal to him. Yeah, but
0: we've seen, so uh, Steve Bannon tried to do that, oh, by the way, in Roger Stone's trial. Yeah. um, We're going to keep going back to the rat fucker. Um, Steve Bannon Bannon testified in January 2019 about Roger Stone and... he tried to change his story on the stand in the Roger Stone case, and um, and so prosecutors, it might have been Zelensky, just brought out his grand jury testimony and know. said, "Do you stand by this? Do you stand by this? Do you stand by this?" So we could see quite a bit of that in in any Trump trial of of people being forced to adhere to their grand jury testimony. Uh, but but it, that's the that's the point. It's like, for example, there are things that again, um, Mark Meadows testimony was also shared like this. And so we know what Mark Meadows said. And we also know what Mark Meadows said from the indictment. And he claimed, uh, presumably in a grand jury in DC, that he told Trump that the Georgia election was being managed properly. Uh, That may not be true. Like there's a lot of reason to believe that's not true, but he's locked into that. Or if Jack Smith gets to a point where he can disprove that, then he's got a crime he can charge Mark Meadows with and flip him that way. So um, this is, like, there's a lot of, the, the way in which Jack Smith has built the the indictment, and, you know, ignoring the salacious claims about Fani Willis, they're they're going about this prosecution differently. Fani Willis is charging everybody and using that to flip some key witnesses, whereas Donald Trump is... I mean, sorry, Jack Smith Jack is Smith. charging just Trump. And he actually got proffers from Rudy Giuliani, Boris Epstein, uh, Mike Roman, the same guy making these claims in Georgia, and, uh, oh, and um, um, Bernie Carrick. Right. So they actually did sit down, but not before the grand jury. Um, but, you know, I don't, they're not going to be, but you can't call Rudy Giuliani to the stand.
1: Well, right? well because he'll lie he about everything. So,
0: so, so basically what Jack Smith did is ensure that or six key people, he does not have to call them to the stand. Now, Chesbro, given what he's done recently, may be willing to testify. But everyone else, uh, the, the assumption is they won't be called to the stand, whereas people like Dan Scavino will.
1: Uh-huh. Well, okay. So we have that to look forward to. Hopefully, you know, again, that Trump's people are putting up delay after delay after delay. And hopefully some of those delays will be swatted down and this will get to trial. We don't know for sure. Meantime, All right. So there was all that. This was a busy week. Wednesday, we'll get to dueling hearings on holding Hunter Biden in contempt and oversight and judiciary. I I spent the whole hour yesterday playing clips because there was so much entertainment there because the, the Republican Congress has no intention of governing or legislating or avoiding a, you know a, a budget disaster that's or a shutdown um, they're gone now until Tuesday and they spent Wednesday in a circus. but I want I want to focus on a, another post you just put up at emptywheel.net that Hunter Biden after Wednesday then flew to LA where he was arraigned yesterday. Now I did read that he pled not guilty to tax evasion, but that's about it. There was scant coverage of this. So so what happened yesterday in L.A.?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, so I've read some of the coverage. Of course, as usual, Devlin Barrett is terrible. Um, Glenn Thrush had a surprisingly good report in that post. I've also linked a pretty good ABC report. Um, it, uh, the judge in that case, who is a Trump appointee, seems intent on, on uh, getting through this case quickly. And and maybe that'll happen. Uh, you know, he set June. Uh, he sent. A, he set a June trial date, um, and so maybe he's trying to set a June trial date uh, just so that he can have a political prosecution for Donald Trump. To now, now this is
1: the tax evasion case that Hunter Biden had a plea deal on, and the day that it was supposed to be, I guess, codified, uh, they they pulled it and said, "No, we're charging this." Is that right?
0: No, so what happened
1: was um, David Weiss had
0: said you, you know, none of this would normally get charged. And right. it's true. Like the gun charge never gets charged unless there's usually um, some drug trafficking case, okay. right, to go with it. And the tax charges, uh, it is true that uh, not filing never gets charged if the person does file, which Hunter uh-huh. Biden did. Right. Right. Um, and it is generally true that uh, tax evasion doesn't get charged if the,
1: if people paid pay, off the taxes. Which he did, but you say that the grand jury uh, apparently never even saw that Hunter Biden paid his taxes.
0: Yeah, it's not in the, this is, this is one of the points I made is because stupid people like Devlin Barrett reported uh, something that is true, which is that prosecutors allege that Hunter Biden didn't pay the taxes, but it's also true that Devlin Barrett claims to have followed the plea deal, uh, and therefore knows it is true that the taxes were paid. So, uh, it, you know, this is the way in which prosecutors get people like Devon Barrett to lie to the public, mm-hmm. um, because it, while it is technically true that the indictment says the taxes weren't paid, it is also true that Leo Weiss stood before the Delaware judge and, and, and explained in detail that all these taxes were paid. Uh, and so... Um, And another thing that never gets charged, and this is an allegation I'm less convinced of, but uh, Hunter's attorneys claim that, uh, it's it's actually a really important claim. Uh, They claim that Hunter's accountant overstated his income for 2018, and that it it never gets charged, tax evasion never gets charged, if somebody... Overpaid the taxes. If, right. if there's not only no taxes owed, but that, uh, that that the taxpayer overpaid the taxes. Now, I don't necessarily believe that Hunter overpaid all of his taxes. I mean, there are claims in this indictment that um, you know, like I point. There are problems with the indictment. The indictment, for example wants to make salacious claims about the sex workers that Hunter Biden paid for. Mm -hmm. I've noted that the problem with that is Hunter Biden paid almost all of his sex workers using uh, a variety of devices, uh, phones, laptops, automobiles, right? And, And there is abundant reason to believe that through the entirety of 2018, he had very little control over his devices. I have a theory that he actually paid sex workers on their phones, had them enter his... Their own payment information, um, and if that's right, it means that uh, that these sex workers, and and then another thing that Hunter Biden did in 2018, uh, uh, noticeably, is that he would often not be able to get into his Wells Fargo account from which he paid sex workers, and so he just reset his password and then set uh, the access to the account to. Facial recognition or, or uh, uh, fingerprint. I'm not right. sure which biometric he is. So biometric. So basically, right. you know, he's an addict. He's having a hard time remembering his password. So rather than remembering a password, he just makes up a new one every single time he gets into his Wells Fargo account and then sets it so anybody who has access to his face or his finger oh, can get man. into his Wells Fargo account. Right. Oh, right. Now you see the problem is that that means... So, for example, um, there's a woman that they actually interviewed as part of the tax, inter- uh, the tax case who, oh, by the way, has a Russian name. And, oh, by the way, uh, she had two dates with Hunter Biden. The first one where there was a big deal about uh, where, where Joe Biden's identity came up and the next day where... Uh, so basically, he she was paid four times in three different methods. So first via Zelle, then via Venmo, then via Wells Fargo. Okay. Um, this was another one of those instances where he had to reset his password, and uh, and that was the day that he he went out and bought a new laptop. And so the question is, like that was like that day that the hours after after this date with this woman. He told Apple, I need to recover my identity. I've lost my my identity to Apple. And so, and 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 oh, by the way, the laptop that he purchased is the one that his, because uh, we always have to talk about Keith Ablo. Yeah, that's, the that ends yes. up Ke- that's the laptop that <laughs> ends up in Keith Ablo's possession the next year. Wow. And so it's like, there. none of these payments, can you claim Hunter, I mean, first of all, none of them, can you claim that Hunter Biden will? Uh it's, it's that, that same day, not the same woman, but uh, Hunter paid $10,000 to, and it's like, well, you know, how did, 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 did somebody just take $10,000 from Hunter Biden's Wells Fargo account? I, you know, I think that um, if this goes to trial, uh, Hunter Biden's attorneys are going to be able to make a really good case that, first of all, he didn't make these payments. He had the sex workers pay themselves. Right. Because I, I promise you, he couldn't enter these details onto his, given the, the condition he was in most right. of the time. Wow. He, you know, he's not going to get their bank account number accurate. Right. Uh, or their names. Like, he doesn't make he doesn't make errors spelling their names, and, and the only way that's going to happen is if the women enter the names themselves. And so, uh, and so the notion that he would then remember these the next year, Mm -hmm. um, there's another case where, um, I caught David Weiss in an error by a day, which was a payment that he makes a big deal out of to a stripper. Uh, and, and the problem with that is that's the first Venmo payment on Hunter Biden's account after, two other people get into his Venmo account and after uh, his iPad gets stolen. So, you know, again, you need to prove that Hunter actually was with that stripper, actually entered the payment to her himself, Mm -hmm. uh, entered the misleading payment name uh, because it was listed as art. And, (laughs) you you know, I'm skeptical you're going to be able to prove that. Now, there are other payments in 2018 that are going to be more compelling, but uh, but even so, they, they do have problems with this. You know, even if it goes to trial. But the other point I made in that post is that all of these reports from the arraignment said, "Oh, he almost got a plea deal. Plea deal fell apart." Mm-hmm. Uh, that there apparently was an exchange in court yesterday where uh, Abby Lowell said something like, you know, we, we have to see what's happening in Delaware. And uh, Leo Weiss said, oh, plea deals fall apart all the time. And as I point out, um, David Weiss made a claim in his testimony to Congress in November. He stated, mm-hmm. under penalty of false statements, that uh, the investigation into Hunter Biden was ongoing when um, when they reached the plea deal on June It was first documented June 20th of last year.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, David Weiss's first AUSA told Chris Clark, according to a declaration that Chris Clark submitted under penalty of perjury, that that's not true. Mm -hmm. So it is possible that David Weiss lied to Congress and lied to Congress in part... Like, I'm not saying he did. I'm saying that there is a fundamental incompatibility between these two statements. Somebody's right. lying. And, and if David Weiss lied to cover up the fact that after, after, I mean, because basically what happened is David Weiss and his prosecutors started getting death threats. It's the same thing that happens every time Jim Jordan and Donald Trump gin up a mob. They get death threats. So after getting death threats, David Weiss changed how he was going to approach this prosecution. And I, I'm not, wow. this is not speculation. Wow. This is all documented by the record. And so, the, you know, so did the plea deal fall apart because of what the judge did? Yes, partly. Although uh, Hunter Biden's attorneys argue, and I think they make a very good argument, that the gun part of the plea deal was already locked in. Okay, so the gun part, if the gun part of the deal was already locked in, then the gun charge goes away. Uh, hunters prosecute, Hunters, the attorneys are also arguing that because of the way they wrote that, I call it a Frankenstein deal last summer, um, they put the immunity on the gun deal. And so if that, if that remains valid, then the tax charges go away as well. So, like, when, when Abby Lowell yesterday said we need to see what happens in Delaware, right. he's saying we think that we have a very good argument that the tax charges are illegal, the gun charges is illegal. It all goes away because David Weiss screwed up. Uh, and David Weiss screwed up because David Weiss came to a plea agreement that was sort of, uh, he, you know, he— it was not well-built, but David Weiss came to a plea agreement and then, after getting death threats, decided that the investigation wasn't over and he had to become a special counsel. Um, the other thing that's true is, we talked earlier about these, ca- these tax cases never get charged. Right. Uh, it, the, um, David Weiss, uh, with both D.C. and L.A., um, it is false that um, it is false that Lisa Monica or or, or Merrick Garland um, didn't treat the Hunter Biden case normally. And in fact, it is David Weiss also told Congress that he has never, literally never, ever spoken to Lisa Monica, who is his boss. Oh, right? right So we have Republicans making this grand claim about politicization. And it's like Lisa Monaco has never once talked to David Weiss. So but what did DOJ did do, which is normal, is they said, you know, you gotta first go to the um, go to the uh, go to the US attorneys in those areas and give them the choice to partner. And and also, you know, in the process of giving them the choice to partner, they get to tell you whether such charges are gonna go down in in the district, okay? And um, when David Weiss went to the career prosecutors in LA, because at this point, um, uh, and I always get the name wrong, but at this point, Biden's US attorney was not yet confirmed. So he went to the um, the, the career prosecutors in LA. Mm-hmm. And by the time the US attorney there did come in, he they already had recommendations to him about the charges. And he did not tell Congress what those recommendations were, but it's clear that they said, don't prosecute this. We don't prosecute these kinds of charges. Right. And so uh, one of the reasons why David Weiss got special counsel status, I believe, is because he's going to attempt to withhold this kind of stuff from discovery from Hunter Biden, even though the Jack Smith precedent and the Mike Flynn precedent say you can't do that. And so... Uh, So, you know, first you have to see whether the judge in Delaware says, you know what, Uh, whether I like it or not, it is true that that Hunter Biden is immunized from any of these charges. And Oh, by the way, uh, this immunity thing, um, Hunter Biden is going to make the same claim that Donald Trump did, which he has immunity from any of these prosecutions, and he can have an interlocutory appeal on that immunity claim uh, before going to trial. And so, um, so that's all stuff that's happening that really, you know, is, is simply not being covered. Right. Uh, And that's before you get into, because Hunter Biden in Delaware and Will in Los Angeles filed, um, so there's a selective and vindictive prosecution claim and, and, um, lawyers will tell you, and they are right, that those almost never work. But in addition to that is a claim, which is that, um, Congress it, it, it's a claim of political interference and um, you know when reporters report on their oh this is just all claims of politicization it's like no it's not read the read the filing I read the filing I did a, I did a post over the holiday, and in the filing there are 17 instances where Donald Trump, personally interfered, or Bill Barr personally interfered in the prosecution of Hunter Biden. Right. And they're not minor things. I mean, uh, but Tony Bobolinsky, who is Fox News' favorite witness, right, um, was Donald Trump's guest. Then the next day, went to the FBI, made claims to the FBI. Uh, um, Joseph Ziegler, the IRS right. agent, said, well, I was told he was incredible. And, uh, and if you look at if you look at the available communications the reason why he was told that tony babalinski was incredible is because his claims don't match the the existing communications not going to say tony babalinski lied mm-hmm. but uh, but uh, Hunter Biden's attorney said, hey, maybe you should prosecute Tony Bubalinski for lying. So he's with Trump. The next day he goes to the FBI, maybe lies. And then days later, according to Cassidy Hutch- Hutchinson's book, has this clandestine meeting at a um, rally in Georgia and is handed something by Mark Meadows that maybe could be an envelope. This is not a minor
1: interference in a prosecution. Right. And, uh, and, and targeted and, and prosecution at that, something that shouldn't be prosecuted. And, you know, it's it's everything that the Trump Trump people accuse the Biden camp of doing, you know, prosecuting them, going after political enemies. So it's exactly what they were doing, it's projection.
0: Right. and And, you know, and I just think that people I mean, no one. And, you know, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I, I spent a lot of time reading these filings, so I'm going to say Please. you got to read the filings because uh, because the kinds of interference that Donald Trump and Bill Barr engaged in is really breathtaking, is really stunning. And, I you know, I keep saying, and now we can finally talk about the dick pic hearing, um, the impeachment inquiry into Hunter Biden has found far more evidence, far, far, far more evidence to support a Trump impeachment than to support a Hunter Biden impeachment. And it's not even close. I mean, the stuff that they have found, I mean, you know, I've said this before, but I will say it again because it's just shocking. Um, According to Chuck Grassley, Bill Barr's DOJ shut down an investigation into Zlucheski, the head of Burisma, in December 2019. So in the same months, when Donald Trump is out there saying, oh, you know, I just asked Zelensky for an investigation into Brisbane because right. I believe in corruption, uh, his DOJ shut down an investigation to Zlachevsky. Well, Lev Parnas has told us that uh, Zlachevsky basically said, if you help me with DOJ, I will give you a Hunter Biden laptop. <laughs> it's- There's evidence that maybe Bill Barr got Hunter Biden's laptop, uh, and then days later, like, so if this investigation, in fact, was shut down, the Lichefsky investigation was shut down in December 2019, which is what I'm not saying it, Chuck Grassley saying it, mm-hmm. um, on January 3rd, 2020, Bill Barr sets up this way to ingest dirt from Rudy Giuliani, right. and basically launder it through to the Hunter Biden investigation. Oh, my God. So so you've got Bill Barr's DOJ shutting down an investigation into Zilchewski. Months after, Zilchewski has said, if you uh, give me favor with DOJ, I will give you dirt on Hunter Biden. And then days later, Bill Barr sets up a special way to launder... Stuff from known Russian spies into the Hunter Biden investigation. I mean, I'm making none of this up. This right. is all very well documented. And so the notion that this, we should be talking about Hunter Biden and not Donald Trump is <laughs> uh, is nuts. But, you know, no one is reporting on this stuff. It's right. all there. And just because people's editors say you have to report on Hunter Biden's dick pics, uh, that's why we get that story instead of the, the Zachevsky story.
1: Yeah, it, it is astounding. It would be one of those uh, screenplays that, that a producer would go, this is so, you know, impossible, so out of the realm of what could happen. If it were 10 years ago, today, this is, this is par for Reality. the course. It's it's Oh, and, and meanwhile, Roger Stone is threatening to assassinate members of Congress. Yes. So, I mean, that alone, doesn't that warrant a visit by the Secret Service and something more? That, that yeah,
0: we'll tape see what has happens come to light that. To uh, you know, um, for, because it's the anniversary of January 6th, a lot of people are like, oh, Merrick Garland is doing nothing. And, you know, it's simply not the case. Mm. Uh, but I, I am very curious about whether parts of the Proud Boys slash Roger Stone investigation have been moved under Jack Smith. And that would be very interesting. I mean, one thing prosecutors are very clear about. Is that they are going to treat the Proud Boys uh, almost as co-conspirators of Donald Time. Trump. I mean, they're, they're getting very close to saying Donald Trump conspired with the seditionists who kicked off the uh, attack on the Capitol on January 6th.
1: I hope so. And meanwhile, as you said, we've only got a few minutes left, Marcy Wheeler. But, uh, and the Republicans are doing everything they can to distract from the myriad of legal problems facing the former guy. Um and March Marge Taylor Green again on Wednesday tried to show dick pics. That's what I when I was looking off camera. I was looking for the video. I know I have it somewhere, and I can't find it. Um, but uh, uh, she was stopped in her tracks. She had the paper. I want to introduce for the record. And she had these boards again and actually James Comer said, she said, can I introduce these to the record? And James Comer said, what is it? And then I think Jamie Raskin jumped in. It's like, this is ridiculous. Um, but, but the, they
0: did. They did introduce them later. Like they they broke for votes and then came back. And all the Republicans said, "Give us the dick pics." They um, literally. I mean, I, you know, people think I'm being crass by calling it dick pic sniffing. Well, but it is literally what they are doing. Yeah, I mean, and and, this, and then this, it, is, it is it's a it's like a fill the oxygen. Let's create something um, to. To
1: fill up all the space that Great. should be talking about Donald Trump's crimes. Yes, and this this is a congressman. This is a, a Democratic congressman, uh, Garcia. Mr. Chairman, I,
0: I think it's um it's really uh, interesting to hear the gentlelady from Georgia uh, speak about Hunter Biden leaving, and she is the person that showed nude photos of Hunter Biden in this very committee room, showing showing dick pics in this committee room uh, of of Hunter Biden. I have my five minutes, uh, gentle lady, (laughs) and so I think it's really, I think it's really ironic, hypocritical, uh, quite shameful that uh, the the person who's complaining about somebody leaving when she's showing nude photos of him uh, to this committee, uh, showing nude
1: photos of him to this committee in this in this very room, and you also uh, talk about uh, decorum. Well, the, the words dick pics are now in the official I was screaming. I was screaming. And my style thought something <laughs> terrible had happened. I was just screaming. I was like, oh my God, this is dick pics. I thought of you immediately. There you go. Dig pits in the official congressional record. Um, I know. Now right? I can use it all the time. Yes, but, you can.
0: Look, I mean, here's the thing. And this goes back to, like, why Devlin Barrett won't report on what the actual story is. He only reports on what prosecutors uh, train dumb reporters to repeat mindlessly. It's that, like, if you if you scratch below the surface here... It's a scandalous story, but it's not the story that's being told. And the reason I'm completely comfortable calling this dick pic sniffing is because reporters will not budge from. I mean, it like literally Rudy Giuliani is still their assignment editor years after he set off an insurrection. This is still Rudy Giuliani's story that he started telling in 2019. Uh, got from Russian
1: spies. And that is the story that virtually every
0: journalist does still
1: tell it. Wow. You know, and that's the reason why a, a place like EmptyWheel.net is imperative. The work you're doing is so important. And and I love that you do it without a paywall. Um, I believe in working that way as well. We both do. We're listener supported, reader supported. So you um, if emptywheel.net is on your daily reading list, and it should be, and you can afford it, as I always tell my listeners, then chip in and help support the work that she's doing and that we're doing here. Um, you know, the, the, the corporate mainstream media is falling apart. Uh, it's, it's losing, well, whatever credibility it had because of shoddy reporting. There are some people doing decent work, but consistently consistently. Yeah, go to EmptyWheel.net. And that's why I love having you here every Friday. Marcy Wheeler, um, we'll have to save the, the recordings for for next week. Now, <laughs> next week, we have the second E. Jean Carroll defamation suit kicking off. Uh, my calendar says Monday, but I think it's Tuesday. Monday are the Iowa caucuses. So um, anything else we're on the lookout for next week?
0: Uh, one other thing that's happening is um, George Papadopoulos' spouse, went to I don't know where to get more Hunter Biden dick pics from known Russian spy Andrey Dorkach. So you're going to start
1: seeing that on Fox News. (laughs) And the circus continues. Uh, Amazing. Marcy Wheeler, EmptyWheel.net on the shitter on Mastodon and Blue Sky and here are Fridays. Thank you so much. Uh, And that's it, everybody. (laughs) Have a wonderful weekend and stay warm. It's going to be a really nasty cold one out there. So um, uh, stay, stay stay in. Listen to old Nicole Sandler shows. Uh, you can get all kinds of stuff at NicoleSandler.com. No paywall. Go explore. Lots of music stuff there, too. Lots of reading material there as well. Just just throwing it out there. All right. Um, uh, have a great weekend, and I'll see you Monday. At Monday is Martin Luther King Day. I'll likely be here. Maybe <laughs> one way to find out: uh, five o'clock Eastern, two Pacific, three Arizona time. Tune in and find out. If if I'm not on the YouTube, uh, go to progressivevoices. to hear an audio uh, offering. All right, have a great weekend, everyone. Stay warm. Bye. Peace out.